This is Ryan Bell from the Life After God podcast, and I never listen. I mean, why would I listen to I Doubt It with Dolomore? I mean, that's the competition. You need to listen to Life After God. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, welcome to the big show, episode 279 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, as always, Jesse Dollamore. And sitting across from me, the lady who just will not quit her job, Brittany Page. <laughs> I... I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I just, I level out like systemic abuse against you over the course of over 300 episodes. Yeah. And you're just, you're like the Energizer Bunny. You you just don't quit, Brittany Page. Well, that is what I do. (laughs) And I'm sorry because my my voice, again, probably to no one else, but my voice sounds like I'm sick to me. Maybe not to others, but I'm sick. So if you're noticing it, I'm sorry. You got that kind of a sexy, sultry kind of thing going on. Whatever you want to say about it, that's not how I feel about it. But Did you I, develop like a lifelong smoking habit? I did between, not. Between the last episode? I did not. I was viciously infected by a sneezer in an elevator who's hateful. <laughs> that's right. I think. We'll see. Hang on. I, I want you to tell this story because... It is likely while you're sick. Well, you've consmi- convinced me it's likely while you're while you were sick. But you were with someone, mm-hmm. a, a classmate in your cohort at grad school. Yeah, and you got on the elevator full of people. Immediately, as soon as the doors closed, this person sneezed into the open air. They did, and you vocalized what? Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't really know that I was saying something out loud, but. <laughs> It just kind of happened. I said, oh, no, why did you do that? <laughs> and I couldn't couldn't breathe because and ben, she had infected the air. Ben, the gentleman you were with, yeah. was mortified. Yeah, he said I said it a little too loud, a little too loud. <laughs> I said, oh, you don't think she heard me, right? No, of course she heard you. We're in the elevator. It was a whole conversation. But it reminded me of what happened this weekend because it was very similar to what happened in the, the Thai restaurants. What, what happened in the... Someone sneeze? No, but there was an instance of you talking to Brett, your best friend, and he oh. he had been talking a little too loud. That's right. And he said the F word a little too loud well, in here, the restaurant. Let me give a little backstory here. One is that Brett and I have been best friends since 1990. So that's quite a long time mm-hmm. to be inseparable, very close. To get to know somebody. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, is that despite this guy that you hear on the show, I still curse just like I do on the show. There's no games being played here. It's not a character. But I have a weird thing about people cursing in front of kids. Not a fan. Yeah, not a fan at all. I get very uncomfortable and I I call people out on it. And Brett did. He was cursing. You know, look, the subject matter that he was he was extolling to the table was was quality merchandise. Because he was bitching about Donald Trump. So I'm all on board there. Mm-hmm. But it was just the adult epithets that were being just strewn about. And we were next to a table with a, a father 
and his daughter, a young daughter, like toddler age, maybe yeah. four years old. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it made me uncomfortable. Yeah. And so you guys started arguing Which, about whether or not. It's kind of what we do. Yeah. <laughs> I think one, about whether or not the word was even said. And then two, whether or not it was said too loudly, loud enough for the child to hear. And as you guys are talking about this, you're saying she's, of course, she heard. She's looking at us right now. She- and I turn around <laughs> to look and she's just staring at you guys while you're talking. <laughs> She was she was listening to you. She was listening to your conversation. And then you started to explain to him further. You started to whisper, right? Because you realized the kid was watching yeah, you. Yeah, right. And you you started whispering, saying, Listen, you, you don't think the kid heard you? The dad is looking at us right now and he's laughing his ass off because he knows what we're talking about. <laughs> right. And then I turn around and the dad is laughing his ass off because well, he knows what you guys are talking about. So I'm whispering and while I'm whispering what happened, I'm looking at the dad to make sure that he doesn't you know, catch my gaze or whatever to make sure he really can't hear. And then it happens and I realize I'm caught so I can't look away. So then as I'm telling Brett what I'm telling him in a whisper voice... The, the father of the child is yeah. staring me right into my soul <laughs> while I continue to tell Brad. And then it becomes kind of a comical thing. Yeah. And we weren't in any trouble because he was like, well, she's heard worse. We, yeah. hate, we hate Trump, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, I, I'm a weirdo and I have a best friend with whom I bicker like an old lady. Well, it ended up working out because <laughs> he was happy with it and everyone laughed and had and, a great time. And then as we were walking out, the little girl goes, yeah, fuck. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> that part is not true. That's but fi- it would have been awesome. <laughs> that is fiction. She did look like a little B page. Yeah, so. she did. She looked the platinum blonde hair. Yeah, she looked exactly like me when I was a kid. Yeah. So she could have said that. She, it goes because Brittany had a foul little sailor mouth on her. Sure did. Just as she does now. Sure did. Just we should have that as a drop. <laughs> What's that? The video of me calling my dad a little oh, asshole. Yes, we absolutely should do that. When I was like that. four. Get me that video. I will convert that. We'll play that for the audience. For Trump, whenever we talk about Trump. You right? little asshole. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be the new year, the puppet. Very, very funny. Yes. All right. Well, let's move on with the show. Listen, we didn't get to everything last time. We're going to cover all of that. But I also want to play some of the voicemails that we got from before last episode. And then also the ones we've gotten in between. We have about four voicemails, one of which is a delicious treat that our friend Jonathan from the United Kingdom sent in, reading some of the troll comments on my YouTube videos, which, goddamn, let me, uh, Jonathan, well, I'm not going to get too, let me, let me S on your D a little bit once we play the clip, but let's, let's move on with some voicemails first. Hey guys, this is Tom in Minneapolis. Uh, two things. Um, one, just finished the most recent episode and just going back through that Trump presser. Um, well, I'll put it this way. I'm a 32 year old in relatively good health and I felt like I was going to have a fucking stroke just listening to that fucking idiot talk. I swear, how anyone finds this guy appealing is just beyond me. It is insane. And second, um, Jesse. There is a big difference between 5'8 and 5'4. I'm 5'8, and I know there's a big difference between those two heights. All right, uh, Brittany, you're the best part. <laughs> Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Jesse D. getting I, told. I'm getting told. It, listen, I tease. I tease. Mm-hmm. It is kind of a problem. Even on the Google Hangout calls that we've had, there have been multiple, but with the, the Patreon and PayPal, 
supporters, I have teased different people on the call in, in my mind. You guys are like family to me. So when I tease, it's just being Jesse D. You know, it's 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 what I do. If you're a friend of mine, you're not going to be unscathed. If I'm teasing you, it means I have some affection for you. Uh-huh. That's what's in my mind. Yeah. But then we get off the call and Brittany's like, hey, what the? They don't fucking know you. What are you, what are you doing? Yes. So if I tease, it's because I love. And I'm a, I'm a, I am take it. I Trust me. <laughs> Please. Trust me. I can take it. Sorry if I denigrated your your stature that's not what i mean to do yeah I feel, it's I feel really like, not it's not i feel like this is almost an over explanation at this point you're you're gonna be okay sir me yes or, or tom you, you. Oh, all right well tom of course is gonna be okay he's five eight after all <laughs> <laughs> but let me let me address this tom i feel this same fucking way this is the one thing that still keeps me angry at donald trump voters it's watching Donald Trump speak <laughs> and those with whom he's entrusted the responsibility of speaking for him, watching them talk, but mainly Donald Trump, like you said, at the, at the presser. And he's, he's talking like a maniac, like, like, right. like someone who is cognitive, like what, something's wrong with him. And it makes me think, who the fuck thinks this is normal? Who thinks this is presidential? And who continues to support, even after having voted for him, who's still supporting this guy? So it renews my inflamed passions against those people. And it's taken me much longer to heal after a candidate that I typically would support had been defeated. Well, see, now my anger is starting to evolve and not just be for Donald Trump. Like the stages of grief? And the people, no, the people that's getting worse, <laughs> the people who supported him, it's for people that are intelligent individuals who are failing to take him on yeah paul ryan Rand paul who has weirdly cozied up to donald trump for some reason yeah um these people jason chaffetz yeah these people who seem to know better right yeah or at least have at least indicated in the past that they would know better cozying up to this man who they have to know is a turd yeah you know and it's just very disheartening I don't know. It's unfortunate for, for those people that I thought maybe had some ability to be a genuine person and were intelligent. Listen, I, I not I, showing that I, right now. I was I was infused with a level of confidence after Jason Jason Chaffetz and even Paul Ryan, guys like that came out and said, No, listen, I can't do this. The day of the the, the pussy grabbing That's right. Released. They came out and said, Nope. Listen, this is this is a bridge too far. I can't cross this one with you, Donald. Right. And then like two days later, it was a quick turnaround secret Donald Trump hand job and everything's OK. <laughs> so, yeah, I would also like. <clears throat> sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I would also like to note that the pussy grabbing tape in reference to the president is something that was said here <laughs> and something that was it made you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When that happened, the pussy right, grabbing tape. Right. The president. The assault all of right. women. Just as long as we're all on the same page. Right. right. All right, Tom. Thanks for the voicemail. We appreciate it very much. On to the next. Hey, Jesse and Brittany, this is Chris from lovely Nampa, Idaho, oh. and I wanted to ask you a question about the outrage left. No, this isn't a Dave Rubin type thing. I'm not an idiot. Last weekend, SNL ran a great sketch about Kellyanne Conn woman, and I thought it was hilarious. Mother Jones, the Boston Globe, and some other outlets disagreed, calling it sexist and saying they went too far. 
obviously as a white man, I'm not terribly affected by the ever present hand of sexism. So I wanted to get your opinion on the matter more so Brittany's, but I'm also interested in what you think, Jesse. Thanks for taking my question. Love the show. If I'm in a good mood, Brittany's the best part, but when I'm really aggravated, Jesse is unhealthily validating and that's damn good too. <laughs> that right there was recorded from a microphone. Yeah, that for sure it was a microphone. That sounded real nice. Like, what make, puts me to fucking shame with that <laughs> voice. What's going on? Uh, first of all, I don't know whether that's a compliment or he's shitting directly into my mouth by telling me that uh, I'm unhealthily validating. I think that's a compliment. Is it? Yes. <laughs> a tremendous compliment. So, Hey, th- Brittany, you're the puppet. Yeah. I've been saying <laughs> tremendous a lot lately, by the way. I need I, to stop. I kind of like it. Yeah. So... The SNL thing. I hadn't heard about this controversy. I think it's the... the um, What's the movie where she's an obsessive... Uh, fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction. I think right. it's the Fatal Attraction bit that they did where she sneaks into... They, 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 she's on the show with Jake Tapp and then they show her having sneaked in to his house mm-hmm. and then it goes from there where she's obsessive weirdo. Right. So I guess I just don't understand how that skit would be sexist as sexist means like stereotyping or discriminate discrimination based on a person's sex. Yeah. Or prejudice based on a person's sex because they're criticizing Kellyanne Conway for who she is as a person just generally. Yeah. <laughs> and they were making I mean it was a funny commentary on how obsessed she is with being on the news. Right. I watched the whole thing a little too long, like most of them. But, you know, we get the point in the beginning. Brittany's little personal critique of Saturday Night Live. I think. <laughs> um, but but it was about her obsession, you know, yeah, and, and being unhappy when she's not on the news and, yeah. and isn't able to just lie rampantly. Well, I think also if if it were. Uh, like a stereotype that women only get obsessed in relationships like that, then it would be, yeah, I could I could see that. I don't know how damaging that is, but I could see that. But I don't think that's the case. I think men and women equally get freaked. I mean, listen, there wouldn't be, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of no contact orders put on men by women if it weren't for the fact that men get obsessive and stalkery and weird. So I don't think it's a sexist thing in that way. Why are you looking at me weird? I'm not looking at you weird. I I think... Th- you, that's your regular look? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Mother Jones should take issue with the movie Fatal Attraction then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Right. Go to the source. It isn't just the skit that they had a problem with. Then they have a problem with that movie. Yeah. If, if they have a problem with the parody, then the source should be equally problematic. Right. I mean, they chose... I understand why they chose the premise because it is a funny premise that she's like Glenn Close in that movie and stalking Jake Tapper yeah. and That's kind of the whole crux here though. It's it's fucking comedy. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah. And uh, Killian Conway well, is Well, listen. A lot of a lot of comedy is it's satirical in nature. Yeah. It makes you think. It b- b- shines a light on a larger issue. Right. And this accomplished that, I think. Well, and Killian Conway is deserving of much criticism. So Yeah, sure. This this skit was, I think, uh, it was funny. Right on. Too long, but funny. There you have it. Yeah. All right. Well, we have two more. I'm going to do the, the Jonathan thing now. Perfect. And then we'll go on to the next, because that leads us into our next topic. We'll put us all in a good mood. Yeah, for sure. So here's 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 Jonathan from the United Kingdom reading. Well, he, he 
he he prefaces it. He sets it up. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Brittany. It's Jonathan from the UK here. Um, sorry for the delay, but I've uh, just got around to listening to episode 277 now. Are you already in a better mood, Brittany? Yes. Because I am, I am. I have a smile ear to ear. I am this guy. Listen, I don't know why you live <laughs> where you live. You need to live. We got a spare bedroom. Uh, that's all I'm saying. We do. <laughs> and I understand you guys would like me to read some of the troll comments from your YouTube page. Well, anything to spread the poetry of hate, so why not? <laughs> so just a brief disclaimer first, because there might well be some swearing in here, uh, just so you know. Anyway, let's get started. So, one here. Can't wait to see Dolomore giving an interview in public so I can knock his bitch ass out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Oh, All right. Amazing. <laughs> I love it. I kind of can't wait to be interviewed in public, too, so I can get my na- my bitch ass knocked out by the- likely that junior high kid who wrote that comment. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a real good time. Moving on to... <clears throat> You've never been so close to a beautiful, intelligent woman because you are an angry, insecure, mad crybaby who went straight to the homo bar after this video to suck cock in a bathroom. <laughs> People really watch this shit. I'd grab your faggot ass by the pussy. <laughs> Charming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. So wait, am I am I a homosexual or am I a, a post-op transsexual? You know, they, they're they're getting their their insults mixed up. Stick with one and you know, kind of ride it. To the finish line. What is the YouTube comment section? That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And go to the homo bar. I, I wouldn't, listen, I wouldn't need to be going to a homo bar to, to get in my, my gay sex stuff going. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a handsome fella. That was a very sanitized version of <laughs> what Jonathan said. To get my gay sex stuff going on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right. Moving on. More fake news from this fake news propagandist, but boy Dolomore. He is paid by special interest groups. Well, wish I was. <laughs> moving, moving on then. Moving so on. this is not a conversation. <laughs> this is a one-sided rant spewing leftist rhetoric. I don't like Tommy, but aren't you just the left is version of her? Only more ugly and fat and with a penis? At least she has boobs, man. I'm out. Well, see, now it's just conflicting reports. Yeah. They were going to grab me by my faggot pussy. Right. And now my my dick and balls or whatever they just said, that's that's incongruent. Who writes this stuff? Pretty remarkable. I will tell you that it's typically people without an avatar, without an um, like a like a profile picture Uh and also not their real name. Yeah. It's like, you know giant dick 82 or you know whatever their thing is it's not their name yeah that makes sense it's really the problem i do have with most of these morons (laughs) and on to it is really hard to take jesse dollar seriously it is like being preached to by a giant rodent may like to lose the beard jesse and not use your paws so much in digging gustures to the camera and finally, Dolomore equals liar. He's been against President Trump from the start. Dolomore twists things and pushes lies, sordid propaganda. 
he's obviously got issues with himself wrongly against the military. President Trump and his administration don't believe Weasel Dolomore, puppets for elites and shameful. Alright guys, hope you enjoyed that. Anyway, please keep up the good work and I'm catching up as we speak. So, enjoy looking forward to listening and Brittany, still the best part. Thanks guys. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Well, we cannot wait to meet Jonathan. We hope that happens someday. Awesome. Los Angeles is a, for some reason, a tourist destination. Yes, for some reason. Um, No fucking idea because we can't wait to get out of here at every moment. Yeah. (laughs) And when we do meet, I will have screenshots of probably a hundred comments, a hundred of my favorite comments that we'll need you to read. You're going to put that fucker to work. I'm going to put you to work is what I'm saying, (laughs) because that was fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. For sure. I mean, that's some effort because he didn't just like wasn't just scrolling down and finding them. Right. He did a little research up front. So I think the entire audience owes Jonathan a debt of gratitude. Thank you, sir. Very much. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. Uh, it's Emma from Minnesota. Um, I know I called in a few days ago about the King of Trolls, Milo Yiannopoulos, where I said he came off as an internet troll on Bill Maher's show. Since then, a story is broken about him advocating, or at least defending, pedophilia. This resulted in him getting his book canceled, along with enormous backlash, uh, rightfully so, in my opinion. I also saw his apology statement, um, and when I watched it, I realized that I wanted to double down on my statement that he's nothing more than an internet troll. Obviously, he's a man who went through unspeakable horror as a child, and instead of turning to advocacy, he chose to bully others similar to how he was likely bullied himself. What really drove home my belief about him, though, was that he apologized and revealed that he himself was abused. If he really was as cold, heartless, racist, and just plain intolerant as he appears to be, he wouldn't have broken character and apologized. Don't get me wrong, though. I think he's a shitty person and that he will go right back to saying whatever the hell he wants to get attention. But this whole thing has showed me that Milo is less like Steve Bannon and more like Donald Trump. He's willing to say anything to get attention. But in this one case, I will give him credit for apologizing, and I will admit that I was wrong in thinking that Milo has no soul. And although it's a long shot... I am really hoping he can turn himself around one day. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Bye. I would disagree. Right away, I disagree. I don't think that his his apology is an indication that he has no that he has a soul. I would say that what his apology is about is preserving his financial interest. Yeah. Because he's losing everything right now. Mm-hmm. Although he's I, I, apparently, I haven't verified this, but I think he's taken to Patreon and his his thing might be up to like 20 grand a month right now. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of people that would like to support his fucking hate. But everything that Emma said is absolutely true. And first of all, thanks for the call, everybody. Emma, Jonathan, Tom, and Chris, we appreciate the calls very much. 
Throw the number out there there if you'd like to call in, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can also do, like Chris did, and email in from your smartphone a voice memo to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Now, on to the Milo thing. Milo Yiannopoulos is not someone that we've given anything more than a passing reference to on the show. We've not gone into any depth. I've been asked to do videos about him. I've been asked to address his antics on the show. And it's just not something we've chose, chosen to do. Because, because we don't take him seriously. I don't take him seriously. I know, look, I have friends in the, I'm using air quotes here, but podcasting atheist community mm-hmm. who really do take him seriously and think he's a giant danger and threat. And while I respect their opinions, I just can't get there. Right. Because he's just too much of a fucking goof. He's not as sinister as like Richard Spencer is. He he doesn't seem like a serious person. That's that right. That he seriously believes the things that he's saying. That's right. And I think that was clear on Bill Maher um, sure. last weekend or whenever that was. Because at one point he started being attacked by everybody because he was saying hateful things. By and, conservatives and liberals alike he was being attacked. Right. And he said, I'm going to jerk off to this later. When I think about this later and he's, I mean, he's just not someone that you can have a serious conversation with. I mean, he, it's like talking to an elementary school Absolutely. bully. So in that way, I believe what Emma's saying, he is like Donald Trump in that way. You're the puppet. He's just kind of a, a fucking child. Yeah. Yeah. But he did lose a lot after what came out about the pedophilia was revealed. Milo Yiannopoulos uh, resigned as editor of Breitbart News. Yiannopoulos has come under fire after video surfaced of the controversial figure appearing to condone sexual relationships with underage boys. Just yesterday, he was kicked off the speaker's list at the Conservative Political Action Conference. A publisher also decided to cancel the upcoming release of his book. Yiannopoulos spoke about his past comments during a news conference a little while ago. I'm certainly guilty of imprecise language, which I regret. And anyone who suggests, however, that I turn a blind eye to illegal activity or to the abuse of minors is unequivocally wrong. I'm implacably opposed to the normalization of pedophilia, and I will continue to report and speak accordingly. To repeat, I do not support child abuse. Yiannopoulos says his experiences as a victim of sexual abuse made him feel as though he could say outrageous things on the subject. So... He has resigned, which I think was a way for Breitbart to not fire him, to give him a little, a little plausible deniability and to save face. So he quit his job because it was distracting, he said in his statement. It was a distraction from the good journalism that they do there at Breitbart. <laughs> well, that's a fucking joke. Seriously. The other thing is, before we get to, because I'm going to play what he said, so you can hear that he's not implacably opposed to the normalization of pedophilia. We have we have his words. Like I say, maybe too often, we have the commonality of language and we understand what the words were and also what his intent was. We can fucking hear it. But before we get there, I want to talk about where's the outrage from the right right now? CPAC canceled his speaking engagement and every time a college campus would cancel a speaking engagement of Milo Yiannopoulos, the right wing would fucking lose their minds right, about and, free speech. And CPAC is Conservative Political Action Conference. It's like the most conservative. It's very conservative. Mm-hmm. This is the same political... Oh, no, this isn't the same. But 
Sean Hannity opened CPAC. That's right. This is <laughs> this is very similar to where um, Kevin Swanson, if you go back to early episodes, the truth wiener, Kevin Swanson would go up there and talk about murdering homosexuals because that's what it says in the Bible. It's that kind of a, it's not that exact freedom fest or whatever, but it's very similar to that kind of rhetoric. Super progressive. Yeah, right. So where's the outrage? It just shows that they are fucking politically motivated, not ideologically motivated, and they put party ahead of their their principles. It's bullshit. So here, I dug up the audio that they're talking about. There's several different instances of it, well, at least two instance of, uh, instances of it that are clear. One's from Joe Rogan, and it's not quite as, as in your face as this, although there's several instances of it, and it was going to take me too long to go through all the bullshit to, to cut it up for you. So this is the most easily palatable, digestible form of him, his version of being implacably opposed to the normalization of pedophilia. This arbitrary and oppressive idea of consent, which totally destroys, you know, um, the you know, understanding that many of us have of the complexities and subtleties and complicated nature of many relationships. You know, people are messy and complex, and actually, in in, in a homosexual world, particularly, some of those relationships between younger boys and older men, the sort of coming of age relationships, the relationships in which those older men ha- help those young boys to discover who they are and give them security and safety and provide them with love and and uh, um, and uh, and a reliable uh, and sort of a rock where they can't speak to their parents. Some of those relationships are it some like- of the most station to me it, it sounds yeah, well, like you know what you it know sounds what? like catholic priest molestation to me and you know what i'm grateful for father michael i wouldn't give nearly such good head if it wasn't for him and yet here you are talking about how look you know some of these kids that get diddled by these priests i mean it's a good thing for them they're getting this love now they are you're also getting you're misunderstanding no, no, no. You're misunderstanding what pedophilia means. Um, pedophilia is not a sexual attraction to somebody 13 years old who is sexually mature. Pedophilia okay, is attraction to children, to children who have not reached puberty. Pedophilia is attraction to people who don't have functioning sex organs yet, who have not gone through puberty, who are too young to be able to and understand culture. the way their bodies that is not what we're talking about. And- <laughs> you are you are advocating for cross generational relationships here. Can we can we be honest about that? Yeah, I don't mind saying I don't mind admitting that. And I think particularly in the gay world and outside the Catholic Church, if that's where some of you want to go with this, I think in the gay world, some of the most important, enriching, and incredibly um, you know life affirming, important, uh, shaping relationships very often between. Uh, younger boys and older men can they can be hugely positive experiences so what do you think audience what do you think Brittany page does that sound implacably opposed to normalizing pedophile pedophiles and pedophile behavior i hadn't heard that second part where he talks about the 13 year old yeah so for him if a 60 year old man fucks a 13 year old boy that's that's not even pedophilia to him. I mean, it's it's wildly disturbing and it's particularly disturbing hearing him say that thing about father whoever made it so that he gives the best head. That's something he's repeated even on Joe Rogan. It's it's sad. I mean, he can make whatever joke he wants to make about his own abuse. That's fine, I guess. But I just feel really sad for people that hear that 
that have had their lives ruined because of abuse that they have received. Yeah, absolutely. And then they hear someone making fun of it, mocking it. That's really disturbing to me. Um, It's disgusting. And I guess for someone who is so in your face and talks about political correctness, once this tape comes out, he's trying to say it's been deceptively edited, blah, blah, blah. No, No, it hasn't. How has it been deceptively edited? We just heard it. And it was on video, so you see him as he talks. There's no way to edit it. Again, it's one of those things where this is always the line that they use, the deceptive editing. Unless there was a part where you said, I'm about to say a bunch of shit that I don't believe, uh, LOL. If I (laughs) I were to believe in pedophilia, this is what I'd say. Right. Blah, 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 blah. And then they cut that (laughs) out. No, that's the only way it would be, quote unquote, deceptively edited. Right. Which it wasn't because it was like a two hour show. This this comes from this is the the, the most uh, giving thing the best thing to ever come out of the drunken podcast the drunken peasants podcast which is the human garbage T J Kirk the amazing atheist who is one of those men's rights advocate douchebags and he's hateful about race he's just he's this new weird breed of atheists that's they're they're almost like nihilists they don't we just don't believe in anything. Eh. It's because they're fat and never got laid and hate women. So I don't know if you can have it both ways, too, where now he's coming out saying, listen, I was a victim of sexual abuse. So that no, you that, can't. that no. forgives everything that you're saying right now. Well, the, does that does that forgive pedophiles who be or people who are uh, uh, victims of pedophilia who then become pedophiles and then blame it on that? No, you're an adult and you're you, you're considered in some circles an intellectual Right. You're a thinker. That's what you do. No, you're, he is not excused. Right. And again, with the imprecise language is what he's saying now. Any way to distance himself from just taking right. responsibility from what he, for what he said. You're in a job where you are, you are a thinker. You write, which means you think before you write. You don't have the luxury of imprecise language. No. No. Listen, I understand talking for a living i understand having said something and somebody calls me out like ah fuck maybe that was i was a little a little unhinged maybe a little little pissed off yeah i'll I'll dial that back a little bit but come on not to this level you don't get to justify pedophilia to justify the molestation at the hands of catholic priests and then try to dial it back and say oh just imprecise maybe i was just a little pissed off nope Right. Imprecise. Listen, I was a victim to... That's right. That gives me the right to make jokes about it um, and say whatever I want. No, you're still responsible for what you said. He also wasn't making jokes here. This was a serious intellectual discussion between, you know, you know, not exactly titans of, of thought, but certainly people trying to get their arms around intellectualism. Right. So he's gone. I'm glad he's gone. His book deal's gone. He, he probably will exist in some other form. He's been kicked off Twitter. Um, we'll wait and see. I don't know that we'll do too much coverage on him because he's not a fan, but that's the deal. So thanks to Bill Maher for officially taking him down. Oh, uh, yeah, right. That's the other thing. It is a joke. That's the New York Times <laughs> reported today that Bill Maher is, is like pseudo taking credit for taking him down because when you air 
gave him more of a platform to show himself, and then that's what brought him down. No, Dick. When they're basically spooning on the set there. Yeah, no shit. I mean... As they agree that trans people need to be outed. Yeah, can I just say one thing? Whenever someone cites a statistic, especially if it is a controversial statistic, they should be asked from where they got that information. At every single time and not let off the hook until they provide it. So on real time, when Milo said that trans individuals commit sex crimes at a higher rate than the general population, that should have been questioned and he should have been asked for a citation. Where did you get that information? Right. It should have been questioned by the host more than anybody else. Yeah. Even Larry Wilmore, I think, dropped the ball. Yeah. Mainly because I think... It wasn't his duty. No. He's a guest on the show. Yeah. That's Bill Maher, who right. should have been do- playing interference there, but clearly agrees with Milo on many things that are very troubling because he has a weird thing talking about weirdos who pee in public. Also comparing Milo to Christopher Hitchens. Yeah, well, fuck you, which, Bill Maher. <laughs> Ugh. When he said that, I was in shock. It's just goddamn. Anyway, we're going to leave it there before I lose my what's left of my literally see what I'm, i can't even talk here Ugh. support for i doubt it with dollamore comes from generous engaged intelligent and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of patreon you can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time if you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore. So thank you guys very much. In fact, we are experiencing a pretty large growth right now. We've got a lot of people who have come on board through Patreon and PayPal. And I am just stalling right now, giving Brittany an opportunity to say their names. I already had them. <laughs> I was wondering when you were going to let me talk. I, don't, I guess some, we're not on the same page. Sometimes I'm dumb. Okay. Nizam. Nizam. Amy. Amy. And MF. MF. <laughs> so I don't know if that is the person's real name or... I'm not even going to make an MF joke, but th- that could be men or women. We don't know. Yeah, just MF. MF. Amy and Nizam. And MF. And MF. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it very much. We are, we are in, a, in a renaissance, maybe, with the program. I think maybe between the, the new reviews we're getting, and we're getting several. So if you haven't reviewed the show, go review the show on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to the show. Uh, people are obviously telling their friends about us, maybe kidnapping people and driving around in a car with us playing. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Maybe there's a lot of Lyft drivers and Uber drivers who are listening to the show while they drive yeah. and forcing their passengers to hear my voice and yours. A lot of Lyft passengers who reach over and say, hey, can I borrow your phone? Let me put something on. <laughs> let, me subs- yeah. let me give you a little subscription yeah, that's a, here. That's a whole other way to do it. Yeah. That's great. So thank you guys. We appreciate it very, very much. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So we're going to clear up a couple issues that we didn't get to last week, and that's relative to the the relationship between Donald Trump and the press. The clip we skipped last week, or last, I guess it was last week, but Sunday, uh, maybe not, anyway, beginning of the week, was Chris Wallace talking with Reince Priebus, the former Republican chairman, and now he is the chief of staff of Donald Trump, about the media and the relationship and the tension there. 
that. He said that the fake media, not certain stories, the fake media are uh, uh, an enemy to the country. We don't have a state-run media in this country. That's what they have in dictatorships. Okay, listen, Chris. It's not just two stories. Then it's followed up by 24 hours a day, seven days a week of other cable stations, not necessarily Fox, that all day long on every Chiron, every seven minutes are talking about Russian spies, talking about the intelligence community, talking about how me and Steve Bannon don't like each other and what's Kellyanne doing. All this just total garbage unsourced stuff. Listen, there's nothing wrong with background. Reporters need background information. We need to communicate with reporters and give reporters context. All I'm saying though is, if you're going to come out with this <clears throat> if you're going to come out with a story that says Russian spies are talking to your campaign, my god. I mean, you actually I think you should in some cases or in most cases actually have a named source. Look what we've done. We've repealed TPP. We have signed a coal bill to save the coal industry. We named Neil Gorsuch. We de put an and executive you know order in to deregulate the federal government. There's so we many the things Gorsuch, I can talk wait, about. Wait a minute. We and all of the other cable channels had uh, covered uh, live the announcement of Neil Gorsuch. Right. And covered live a lot of about, these other events. Covered live for exactly, an hour and 15 the minutes. Hiring freeze, the president's news conference. Freeze, Here's the problem. When the president Chris, says, when the president freeze, says that we're the enemy police, of the American people, it makes it sound like if you're going against him, you're going against the country. Here's the problem, Chris. The problem is, is that you're right. Some of these things were covered. But you get about 10% coverage on the fact you had a very successful meeting with Bibi Netanyahu, the, the Prime Minister of the UK, the Prime Minister of Canada. We covered all of those uh, news conferences live. Everybody did. Right, sure. Yeah, for about, yeah, right. But then as soon as it was over, the next 20 hours is all about Russian spies. But you don't no get to tell us along, what to do, how right? nothing's happening. You don't Give get to tell us break. what to do any more than, than Barack Obama did. Barack, Barack Obama whined about Fox News all the time. But I've got to say, he never said that we were an enemy of the people. Let me tell you something. He said a lot of things about Fox News, Chris. I think you ought to go check the tape. He blamed you for a lot of things. And I'm surprised that someone from Fox that you'd forget all the shots. No, he took Fox the shots News. and, and we didn't like him. And frankly, we don't like this either because, uh, you know, he but he never went as far as President Trump has. And that's what's concerning, because it seems like he crosses a line when he talks about th that we're an enemy of the people. That is concerning. I think you should be concerned. I think you should be concerned about mainstream news outlets uh, that are acting like, you know, Washington Daily gossip magazines instead of the way it used to be, where you would get a few uh, uh, sources on the record. Yeah, you'll need some background, and maybe yes, you'll need some anonymous sources. But to, to accuse an organization of being in constant contact with Russian spies is outrageous. And every day it's something different. It's some other source that that is absolutely untrue. Instead of talking about the things that are going on. All right. Can I ask you about what you're doing every single day? I need to ask. So I wonder when, when, when this comes down and this all this really does come out that they were in contact and we do have sources and this thing gets investigated real deep. Is he going to be apologizing for that statement right there? Right. Oh, well, and then it's just, they're totally untrue. Are they, Reince? Are they? Right. And I love how he was 
trying to find his footing there in his explanation of Barack Obama. But Chris Wallace just said he used to talk smack about Fox News all the time. And he did. But he never said that Fox News was fake news or or the enemy. enemy of the American people. And that's the important point. Chris Wallace already said, yes, he used to talk bad about us. I don't need to go check the tape. Right. He whined about us, he said. That was the word. He whined about us all the time. Yes. But he didn't make us the enemy of the American people. And that's more problematic. So here, I'm going to play this little thing from Dan Rather, talking about him and the Nixon administration. And if you're even half awake, you'll be able to find clear parallels between the way that Nixon postured himself and the media to the American public and the way Donald Trump is doing it. And the reason... Nixon did it that way is because he was in a fight for his political life and he needed to. And that is exactly what's happening here with Donald Trump because I believe he knows the writings on the wall, especially related to this Russia stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States. When president Nixon was elected, it didn't take long to figure out that the way they were going to operate was to try to intimidate perhaps the place to start looking for a credibility gap is not in the offices of the government in washington but in the studios of the networks in new york either you report it our way or we make you pay a price at first it was called the watergate caper five men apparently caught in the act of burglarizing and bugging democratic headquarters in washington From the moment that we began aggressive reporting about what we now call Watergate. How high up in the White House does it go? Relations between President Nixon and the White House, myself and CBS, got progressively worse in a hurry. Mr. President, uh, I want to state this question uh, with due respect to your office, but also as directly. That would be unusual. (laughs) This was a sort of technique that President Nixon used just to sort of throw things a little... Off balance. One or two could tell us what goes through your mind when you hear uh, people who love this country and people who believe in you say reluctantly that uh, perhaps you should uh, resign or be impeached. Well, I'm glad we don't take the vote of this room, we say. By this time, in Houston, it's my hometown, President Nixon was beginning to get cornered by the facts. It was designed to be not a news conference. It was designed to be a political rally in support of the president. And in that atmosphere, so when I first got up, there were some cheers, but there were a lot of boos. Thank you, Mr. President. Dan Rather with CBS News. President. I want to stop it there. This is very emblematic of what's happening right now. When Donald Trump announces his tax or his... uh, his uh, distancing himself from his businesses, his divesting himself from his businesses, he had, there was more supporters in the room than there was media. And that was supposed to be a press conference. And he does that because it really does demonize the press. It puts them on bad footing because they are in hostile territory. And that's exactly what Richard Nixon would do toward the end there. Or at the beginning of the scandal, which obviously was the beginning of the end. I'll let it finish out. Are you running for something? <laughs> I was thinking at the time, you know, don't let me throw you off. And that's when I said what I did. No, sir, Mr. President, are you? Uh, 
Uh, Mr. President. What I meant was, let me get on with my question. That's what I'm here to do. I think it's fair to say there was some hell to pay after that. My only regret about that whole thing is that everybody remembers that exchange. Well, I wish they'd remember the question I asked. How can the House meet its constitutional responsibilities while you, the person under investigation, are allowed to limit their access to potential evidence? And the question well, Mr. Rather, was an important question. And I am suggesting that the House follow the Constitution. If they do, I will. In the end, President Nixon could not reconcile what he had been telling people had happened with what the special prosecutor was developed in the way of facts and first-person eyewitness testimony, and that's what led to his resignation. Therefore, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. There is no joy in this for anyone. No decent-thinking American could take any joy out of this. And I think that there will be something similar to this. These will be the same types of topics that we talk about in the coming months, in the coming you know, several months over the course of the next couple of years, while the evidence is gathered, whether it be produced by the intelligence community or the opposition party or even his own party. I don't see Donald Trump being long for this world relative to the presidency. And I think we're going to find our history repeats itself here in this case both in the way that he treats the media and also in the way that things get investigated because there is no way to hide from the system we have set up relative to investigating wrongdoing in the executive branch. Donald Trump's not smart enough and wily enough to get away with it. We'll see. All right. Well, next up, we're going to talk about maybe something that's symptomatic of of the, the relationship with the press but moreover, just symptomatic of all of the different bullshit that goes on with Donald Trump. And that's that's the relationship with the opposition party, the voters. And they're very angry right now with their congressmen and Congress representatives in the Senate. And they're having town halls. They're forcing town halls. A lot of people, our congressmen, won't have one. Dana Rohrabacher is a coward who will not have one. He won't hold a town hall because he's afraid to face the voters. I would be too, honestly. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people out there who are very pissed off right now. Senator Joni Ernst's town hall. It didn't start well. Iowa constituents' anger often drowning out the senator. As the senator left, the jeers followed her all the way to the parking lot and into a car. Overflow town hall crowds in Georgia to Nebraska. Virginia Congressman Dave Bratt getting an earful when he claimed Obamacare collapsed. Behavior that disgusted one of the congressman's supporters. Just a snapshot of one day of voter outrage, prompting the president to tweet, the so-called angry crowds in home districts of some Republicans are actually, in numerous cases, planned out by liberal activists. Sad. Organized, yes, but at numerous town halls from California to Virginia, what we've seen is empowered constituents. 
These Virginia Beach Town Hall attendees are so upset at charges at their political operatives, they wore stickers with their home zip codes to prove they do live in and care about their district. Many come from local groups calling themselves indivisible. The name comes from this online guide written by these former Democratic congressional aides, a step-by-step manual to oppose the Trump administration. Teaching the people here how to channel post-election anger and concern at members of Congress. Some have canceled town halls this week, citing security concerns to then only see protesters show up outside their district offices. Or post pictures mocking them, like this missing poster for Congressman Daryl Issa and this homemade music video from Florida, an anthem to a missing congressman. Dear politician, don't treat us like an imposition. Hosting a town hall might be scary. For those who did show, it may have been uncomfortable, but in some cases, it actually resembled a real town hall. I'm, I'm proud of all these people who took the time out of their lives to show up. It's, it's what it's supposed to be about. I learned that, uh, that uh, we've got uh, issues that people feel very strongly about, and we have to try to deal with them, and most of those issues out there will be dealt with. Now, that last guy that you hear talking is Charles Grassley, Chuck Grassley from Iowa, senior senator, been there a long time. When I worked on Capitol Hill, he was there. <laughs> I think he was still the senior senator for the state. Wow. And... He had a very specific um, instance at his town hall where there was an Afghan man who was a translator during the, the conflict there. And he's very worried now about being deported from the country after he served this nation and the military in the capacity that he did. In Iowa, Senator Chuck Grassley met with a standing room only crowd and ran smack into this exchange with an Afghan man who says his life is at risk uh, if he's sent back because he worked as a translator with the U.S. military. He told the senator he's having trouble getting paperwork to file for asylum and asked Senator Grassley point blank, who's going to save me? Here's that exchange. Get the American people safe. But I am, I am a person from a Muslim country, and I am a Muslim. Who's going to save me here? Who is going to stand behind me and save me? Yeah, that's it. I get shot two times. I've been roadside road, road bomb once, but Not nobody cares about me. But I was with the United States armed forces back in Afghanistan that I get shot. I didn't shot because of my mom and dad. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Senator, answer his question. Uh, I'm not, I'm going to down the list and when we're done with that list, we'll... No. We would not. Oh. 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 Shut the question. So Senator Grassley did answer that man's question and said he would see what he could do about the paperwork. Well, I can tell you what in my case happened when a congressman said, oh, yeah, we're going to see what we can do to help you out. They didn't do a goddamn thing. So I don't hold out a lot of hope for that guy. I really hope that the media follows up because they know this guy's name and they stick with him to make sure that Senator Grassley does his job to get this guy asylum who served this nation well. As an interpreter, having been shot twice and injured in a roadside bomb another time. He, this guy earned it. Right. If anybody has earned it, this guy earned it. Yeah. 
This isn't the only case, though. There are all kinds of examples of voters very pissed off and letting their representatives know. It's popping off. Voter outrage appears to be spreading like wildfire, popping up in congressional town halls popping all up. across the country. <laughs> Take a listen. We have uh, in the White House now a notorious white nationalist as a special advisor to the President of the United States. I'd like to know your thoughts on that. First of all, I don't speak for the President. You have to acknowledge that we got too damn many people on food stamps in Kentucky. These coal jobs are not coming back, and now these people don't have the insurance they need because they're poor. If you can answer any of that, I'll sit down and shut up like Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> Senator McConnell said, I hope you feel better now. Careful, careful. You know, talking to constituents is not like talking to us. You have to show respect. <laughs> <laughs> right. Senator McConnell, who's already stepped on his dick more than once relative to dealing with women, right. says, I hope you feel better now, little lady. Mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't do the little lady. He might as well, though. What a dick. Yeah. I, listen, when you, I would encourage everybody to attend these type of meetings. And when you go, oh, for sure. you need to threaten their jobs. Because there's not, listen, if you can get five of your friends to vote your way, the electoral system in the United States would be a whole different setup. Because so many of us don't talk about, with our friends and loved ones, the deep issues that affect us all relative to politics. We kind of keep it to ourselves. Maybe not so much in this audience, but I bet you there's not a lot of trying to convince other people to vote your way that goes on. Well, politics is one of those things that you're not supposed to talk about, right? Right. It's not friendly. It's not polite. Well, Sean Spicer was asked about these. All of these meetings are going across all across the country. The, the meetings that you just heard spanned everywhere from Kentucky to Tennessee to Missouri to Iowa, all over the place. They're happening right here in California. And Sean Spicer, Sean Spicy Spicer was asked about this. And it is amazing that the media, they only do half their goddamn job. When asked... If they believe that there's some kind of a conspiracy, well, these people are paid. They're they're paid protesters. He they make that assertion, and then the, they don't get any follow up on really. What evidence do you have of that? It's want to make sure you know, Jonathan Carl. Uh, Mr. I want to ask you about the uh, the town halls and yeah. hearing about Obama there. Uh, the president referred to so-called angry crowds at these town halls. Is he suggesting this is manufactured anger? Uh, that this is not real anger and real concern? Yeah, I, thanks. I think there, there's a hybrid there. Um, I think some people are clearly upset, but there is a bit of, of professional protester manufactured base in there. Um, but there obviously there are people that are upset. But I also think that when you look at some of these districts and some of these things, it is. It is, it is not a representation of a member's district or an incident. It is a loud group, small group of people disrupting something, in many cases, uh, for media attention. No offense. Uh, it's just, I think that's, that necessarily, just because they're loud, doesn't necessarily mean that there are many. Um, and I think in a lot of cases, that's, that's what you're seeing. There's real anger and real no, I just concern said out there beyond just a few loud agitators that there's real concern that people may lose their... But they won't. I think that that's a false narrative. And I, I don't... The president's been very clear. Look, you, you have to look at what our health care system is right now. In so many counties around our nation, we've gone down to one provider. That's not choice. That's not access. 
And then they're going in a lot of cases and they're saying we're not taking Medicaid, we're not taking TRICARE, we're not taking the insurance you used to have, the doctor that you used to have isn't participating anymore. And oh, by the way, states like Arizona, you've got over 100% increase in premiums. So then he rambles on, changing the topic, what's all together from the protesters to healthcare and how a couple of old people may have said they're losing their health care. Oh, they're not, but they're not really on Obamacare. They're on Medicare. Mm-hmm. He's a liar. And at no point did he get questioned, what sources do you have? Can right. you cite your, your, your source for right. that claim? Yeah. Never. And I, I, this is an important point. If you take anything away from this episode, I want it to be this. Please become that ob- obnoxious person that is always asking someone for evidence for what yes. they're saying. Yes. It's so important because they just say things that are lies. And why do they keep saying it? Because no one ever asked them, why do you believe that? Where did you get that information? Can you please support what you're saying with evidence? Yeah, prove it to me so I can use it as a source in further conversations. They might continue to try to lie after the first time of being asked that and failing to be able to provide evidence. But if they get asked enough times to provide evidence and they continue yeah. to fail, yeah. it's going to be embarrassing. They're going to learn their lesson. They're going to stop. For sure. Th- that's great advice, Brittany. I thought you were going to say, if you take anything away from this episode, it's that Jesse's a real cool cat. Well, they take that away from every episode. <laughs> so what are you going to do? Listen, last time on the show, we talked about this anti-Semitism thing, or at least it was addressed in the the Donald Trump shit show press conference that he held when he announced Acosta as his labor secretary. I want to remind you of the instance that took place and also just the building tide of accusations about anti-Semitism across the country. Are you a friendly reporter? I'm friendly. Watch how friendly he is. I've been, I've been wait, wait, watch how friendly he is. Go ahead. I've been good to the entire campaign, Mr. President. Go ahead. So, first of all, my name is Jake Turks from Army Magazine, and I, despite what some of my colleagues may uh, have been reporting, I haven't seen anybody in my community uh, accuse either yourself or any of the, uh, anyone on your staff of being anti-Semitic. Uh, we understand that you have Jewish grandchildren, you are their Zaydi. However, what we are concerned about, and what we haven't really uh, heard being addressed is an uptick in anti-Semitism and how the government is planning to take care of it. There's been a report out that 48 uh, uh, bomb threats have been made against Jewish centers all across the country in the last couple of weeks. There are people who are committing anti-Semitic acts or threatening to... You see, he said he's going to ask a very simple, easy question. And it's not. It's not. Not a, not a simple question. Not a fair question. Okay, sit down. I, I understand the rest of the question. So here's the story. Uh, number one, I am the least anti-Semitic person that you've ever seen in your entire life. So, obviously, you listened to the last episode, or I hope you listened to the last episode, and it goes on for about another minute, and he goes on to talk about how he's the least racist person, and then he, there's a little bit of a side, uh, a side with the reporter, and the reporter's trying to clarify, no, that's not what I'm asking you, and he t- sit down, sit down, sit down. He, he orders this kid, like this reporter, like a child. Right. To sit down, rudely. So it got asked of Rick Santorum. Apparently, he's making the rounds all over the place. And I think he's a paid contributor to CNN now to lie about Trump. He's asked multiple times about anti-Semitism coming from the, 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 the Trump campaign or the accusations. And it, it just, it's a shit show every time. So the question is, Rick, why do you think he doesn't say more? 
I, I you know, I go back to I, I don't know. Look again, I, I'll repeat it for the third time. Uh, that I- OK, now l- listen. Listen to all of the hemming and hawing and then and I listen to all of this from Rick Santorum, who's a seasoned politician. He's not a rookie. He was a senator for many years for the state of Pennsylvania. This guy is a statesman, quote unquote. He is a well-spoken man. And even he is having a hard time defending Donald Trump and trying to obfuscate from, you know, pointed questions. So the question is, Rick, why do you think he doesn't say more? I, I, you know, I go back to, I, I don't know, like, again, I, I'll repeat it for the third time uh, that I, I believe he should be right, speaking but I'm not out asking, on this, but I'm not I think a, it's I'm actions. I'm not asking you for your you personal position actions, on what should be done. I'm asking you, why do you think he doesn't? I mean, even your case about uh, the anti-Semitism on college campuses. He hasn't said anything about that either. But why not when it's such a layup? Uh, to do just what Hillary Clinton just did. You throw out a tweet saying, this is disgusting. We hate it. I won't tolerate it. If I find the people who did it, I'll punish them. That's it. Yep. Yeah, I, I, look, uh, if you look at the fact that the people who are, who are responsible for a lot of this uh, anti-Semitism that we're seeing, I hate, I hate to say it, a lot of it is coming from the pro-Palestinian or Muslim community. So let's just, you know, let, let's, lay out, let's lay out that fact. And well, I, I don't know that that's a fact, by the way. With, oh, that I is don't know true. that that's a I mean, fact. You absolutely have, true. You have white haters fact. historically or who target the Jews that's in this country. That's not what's going on in college campuses, Chris, well, white haters. We're talking I mean, about let's just let's see what, let's say the truth about this. We're talking about cemeteries well, look, could, and JCC centers, right. not college campuses. Right. You're mixing, but you know what? I'm okay with you mixing also because it all goes under the same umbrella of things that should be dismissed. But I'll tell you what, you guys have no problem going after Muslims for things they don't do, let alone what they do do. So why doesn't Trump go after the Muslims who are doing this on college campuses against the Jews? I mean, there's no evidence to support who did. I'm doing that, Chris. (laughs) What? No, I'm for him doing that. I think he should. I know. I'm asking you why does he not do it? I, I have. Uh, you're, uh, you're, I, I don't know the answer to that, other than the fact that uh, maybe the fact that he's been so pro- so so much in favor of of this re- restored and renewed relationship. Uh, maybe he sees that as the way he's communicating that message. So Donald Trump is facing a firestorm right now of criticism from all over the country. All di- all different media outlets are asking questions. Why isn't he coming out? There there is an uptick right now, a a, a marked uptick in in. Instances of anti-Semitism where tens of gravestones uh, gravestones are being knocked over in Jewish cemeteries where there's graffiti and there's vandalism at Jewish um, civic centers and community centers. Also bomb threats being called in. All kinds of violent and potentially violent things are happening and Donald Trump is silent. Well, only In fact, Ivanka made a comment before he did right. through well, a tweet. That might be what spurned Donald Trump to finally make a you know 45-second statement. Etched in the hall that we passed today is a quote from Spotswood Rice, a runaway slave who joined the Union Army. He believed that his fellow African Americans always looked to the United States as the promised land of universal freedom. Today and every day of my presidency, I pledge to do everything I can to continue that promise of freedom for African-Americans and for every American. So important. Nothing more important. This tour was a meaningful reminder of why we have to fight bigotry, intolerance, Mm. and hatred in Mm -hmm. all of its very ugly forms. Yes. 
the anti-Semitic threats targeting our Jewish community and community centers are horrible. They're horrible, Brittany. And are painful. Painful. <laughs> and a very sad reminder. So sad. Of the work that still must be done to root out hate and prejudice and evil. But engraved in the wall very nearby, a quote by the Reverend Martin Luther King, Jr. In 1955, he told the world, we are determined to work and fight until justice runs down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. And that's what it's going to be. We're going to bring <laughs> this country together. Going to bring the Maybe jobs bring back. some of the world together. But we're going to bring this country together. Yeah. Donald okay. Trump is going to bring this country together. Is he a fifth grader? What a passionate, genuine guy. God damn. He, it was not like a hostage he, video at all, I guys. Don't, are you kidding me? He stirred my soul, Brittany. Yeah, yeah I don't tears. Think, I don't think it was like a North Korea hostage video. I think it was, he stirred my soul. So I really believe he wants to stamp out prejudice wherever it exists. Well, listen, this is really going to stir your soul if that did, because this was him at the National Museum of African American History and Culture, right? He went on a little tour there, okay? And it was reported that he made some comments, and they were tremendous comments, okay? <laughs> Sad. He, he apparently came up on a stone auction block that was used for selling slaves. Yeah. This was his comment. Boy, that is just not good. That is not good. And that's a quote. That is the quote. And then later, wait, wait, an actual auction block that a human being yeah. was chained to and sold and sold as chattel. And Donald Trump says, boy, that is just not good. That is not good. God damn. This then, is our president, folks. Later, when he saw a set of shackles that were used on slave children, he said, that is really bad. That is really bad. That that probably is more inflection than he actually used. Yeah. He he probably did it like a tweet. Bad. Real bad. Yeah. He's a disgusting fucking human being. It's pretty unbelievable. All right. It's the asshole of today. Well, get ready to learn about this turd. His name <laughs> is Daniel Dops. I, I love it when you surprise me coming out of those. Well, get ready to learn about this turd. <laughs> His name is Daniel Dops. D Dops? Yeah, I think so. Dops. I, I, frankly, I don't care if I say anything about this wrong. Well, we should we should be able to focus our, our guile okay, toward... D-O-P-P-S. -P -P Dops. Okay. Daniel Dops, everybody. A Kansas-based chiropractor. All right. And as this... Um, journalist is she a journalist in mashable chloe bryan wrote the human version of the word actually <laughs> <laughs> he invented this 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 thing called menses okay menses yeah m-e-n-s-e-z it's a quote-unquote feminine lipstick okay intended a feminine lipstick yeah intended to stop menstrual blood by sealing together the labia minora so it's super glue. It is glue that is made of, quote, amino acids and oils in a lipstick applicator. What? 
So you're going to glue your vagina shut? That's what he wants you to do. Why? Yeah. And then he says that it will dissolve when you pee. Um, so all of that blood will just come gushing out when you pee, apparently. Are, are, are women having a problem with the manner with which they deal with their menstruation? Okay, listen. So people went to his Facebook page and they were commenting on this post saying, you know, <laughs> what is going on here? What is going on here? Um, what are you talking about? Why are you doing this? It sounds like you went because that's shit you say. <laughs> well, I don't know if they said those things. They should have, right? But he wrote this in response to one of the critics on Facebook. Yes, I am a man, and you as a woman should have come up with a better solution than diapers and plugs, but you didn't. Reason being, women are focused on and distracted by your period 25% of the time, making them far less productive than they could be. Oh, wow. Science, everybody. You know what really makes the ladies want to buy your lipstick blood glue? (laughs) Is talking down to them, right? Uh, we just found the final drop, and it's already the end of the show. Being hateful AF, right, everybody? Yeah. AF? I think that only works in text. He is being hateful as fuck. Okay, well, He's whatever. He's also being ignorant as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Goddamn. So, what whatever. little lady. <laughs> whatever this if is. If you weren't dealing with your period 24, 25% of the month, yeah. you would have invented this clearly genius invention, <laughs> too. Hang on. <laughs> Okay. They even in this article they say what kind of glue could withstand blood and sweat but not urine? Urine is the magic Yeah, that's right. That, that sterile urine apparently is like the acid of of for his 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 I, Wow. And then many people have also pointed out that the pee comes out of a different hole than the blood. That's right. So we're talking about two different, like he doesn't have any idea what's going on. He's clearly has 25 more percent more time to think about stuff though. He, so he's smarter. Yeah. He wants us to glue our vaginas together to stop the blood from coming that out. That sounds real healthy. It's very disturbing. Uh, all right. Unfortunately. Daniel Dobbs. Unfortunately, that is where we're going to leave you. We appreciate you. We love you, even though we inflict stories like this upon you. (laughs) We do love you. If you'd like to support the show other than listening to Daniel Dopp stories (laughs) 24-7, go to dollamore.com and on the left-hand side of the page, there's a link that says support the show. You can also uh, write a review on iTunes. You can also leave a drop saying who you are, where you're from. And how you never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. We'd love to play that at the top of the show. 657-464-7609. You can email one from your smartphone voice memo system, however you do it on your phone, to I Doubt It at Dollamore.com. We will see you next time. You guys are the best. Until then, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore. And this has been I Doubt It. You know what really makes the ladies want to buy your lipstick blood glue? (laughs) Is talking down to them. 